0: Hey, it's Scott Oren of Cruise Consulting and welcome to another episode of Founders and Friends. And before we start the podcast, let's give a quick shout out to Rippling. Rippling is the new cool payroll tool that we see a lot of startups using. Rippling is great for your traditional HR and payroll. They integrate very nicely. But guess what? They did another thing. They integrate into your IT infrastructure. They make it really easy for when you hire someone to spin up all the web services and their computer, which sounds kind of like not a huge deal. But actually, we did the study at Cruise. We spend $420 on average just getting a new employee's computer up and running and their web service up and running. It's actually a really big deal, it saves a lot of money. And the dogs are eating the dog food. Like we see a lot of startups coming in The Cruise now using Rippling. So please check out Rippling. Great service. We love it. I think we have a podcast with Parker Conrad. You can hear it from his own words, but we're seeing them take market share. So shout out to Rippling. And now to another awesome podcast at Cruise Consulting's Founders and Friends. Thanks. So when your troubles are mounting, in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise. Founders and Friends. And friends, with your host Scotty oh. Welcome to Founders and Friends podcast with Scott Owen at Cruise Consulting, and today my very special guest is John Garrett, author of "What's Your And." Welcome, John. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, Scott. This is going to be super fun. <laughs> We're laughing because that's the third opening I recorded because I kept missing what is it, the verb or? <laughs> it's, all it's all good. It's
1: all good. It's all good. good. So,
0: "What's yeah. Your And" available on Amazon. Highly recommend it. I've actually been a guest of John on John's podcast, and he's really funny. I don't know if you caught me on that, but I want to have John on my podcast so that our audience could listen to it and and get exposure to John. So welcome. Hey, thanks so much, Scott. Yeah, no, I'm genuinely excited to be here, so I
1: really appreciate it. I'll warn
0: people, John's like a professional comedian, so he's going to be like 10 times – more funny than me. Oh, uh, no. Uh,
1: well, you know, stuff three, comes up. Three times. Stuff comes up, you know, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's not a problem. It's also your show, so I need to, you no, know. Nah, you're,
0: do your thing. Do your you're, thing. You're the alpha. You're the alpha. Oh, uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, so, John, maybe just retrace your career a little bit and, and tell oh, us wow. how you kind of got to the point where you're like, Publishing a big time book on Amazon.
1: Hey, thanks. Yeah. Wow. So I uh, graduated from the University of Notre Dame uh, and then went to PricewaterhouseCoopers. Uh, So I was at PwC for about three and a half, almost four years, and then left that to go to a pharma company where I did product contracts. So it was kind of legal, kind of analyst stuff, um, marketing. So it was was really cool. I, I enjoyed it a lot. And then uh, moved to Indianapolis, worked for a startup and then a hospital network, and then left that in 2005 to do stand-up comedy full-time. They have a comedy album on Sirius XM Pandora. Uh, wrote two Emmy nominated award shows opened for Louis Anderson in Atlantic City in front of a thousand people opened for the band train in front of more people than live in my hometown oh, um, you know did nice. some some cool stuff and had some near misses um, was in New York City for almost ten years and then uh, yeah and so then kind of married those two past lives together uh, the comedian stage John with the corporate accounting John. And so then it's speaking. So now what I do is I bring through speaking and consulting, uh, helping organizations build uh, better cultures um, that are based on people having these outside of work hobbies and passions like I did. Yeah. So that's that's I guess that's the quickest way I could tell it. Like, I wish it was just. My dad was a CPA, and I'm a CPA, and uh, here we are. (laughs) Like
0: you know, it's it's not. So, Uh, 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 my wife Vanessa, who's our founder, has like when she wants to make fun of us or me or her CPA, she has this really nerdy high CPA voice she talks in. But yeah, gotta say it, Cruz. The CPAs are pretty cool. So, CPAs um, in general are cool. Engineers, lawyers.
1: I mean, it's, it's all kinds. You don't have to be one stereotypical thing to be
0: successful that's what frustrates me you know that's what it's all about yeah so. and in the and in your book i really connected to because we we take our corporate culture very seriously and we do so many things where we talk about people's what they're doing outside of work or fun little things like today our yeah. everyone's slack name is their favorite cat favorite kind of cat whatever oh, the cat that's cool is. yeah there you go. It's go really dorky and cheesy but like we do a lot of this stuff because it just kind of keeps people connected
1: yeah it's i think fun. mine is
0: it's tom and jerry tom oh From, that's a good one yeah, i think that's probably that or
1: sylvester it's going to be a cartoon cat
0: uh or Garfield. really good, really good. Uh, i said cheetah and i thought i was being edgy because it was originally like people were thinking of house cats like right and then And then I was like, "Oh, but then Tom and Jerry is a great one." There's a bunch of good ones on Slack. Cheetah. I mean, that's Cheetos. Now I'm hungry. Like, like, (laughs) that's a great pick.
1: Like, that's that's perfect.
0: (laughs) One more digression on this. My daughter, who's very young, calls Cheetos Tiger Tails because the the tiger on the Cheetos has a big tail. And so, right. man. I can see that. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Right. Well, so maybe talk about the the philosophy behind what's your hand.
1: Yeah, so I was speaking at a conference and it was an AICPA conference, it uh, just happened to be. And uh, about 900 people in the audience, I'm getting mic'd up. The event planner comes up and says, hey, do you know this guy named Mark, uh, last name Redacted? And, uh, and I was like, no, nah, I've never heard that name in my life. And she goes, well, he knows you. He saw all the speakers and right away goes, I know John Garrett. That's the guy who did comedy at night. And I'm like, who the hell is this freaking Rain Man? Like, do I owe him $20? Like, why does he remember me? (laughs) And so uh, I'm on stage, I'm speaking to this group, but there's a B-roll happening in my head of where is he? Like, and why do you remember me and all this? So then I got off stage and I realized he was in my first PWC office and it was 12 years before that.
0: Wow. 12 years was when awesome. I had
1: left. And so, and, but he was in the tax department and I don't know how taxes work. So I never went to his floor. I never worked with him. I'm 99.9% sure I never met him. And yet 12 years later, he remembers me. And so I thought, well, was I the only one who had a hobby? Cause it's easy to remember one person. And then, uh, no, I started talking to people and they're like, well, I like to, and I'm like, what? I had no idea. And so I started doing my own research. It's like 92% of us have a hobby or a passion we do outside of work regularly. And yet 100% of us are not talking about it. (laughs) And so I was like, this is nuts. There's like cool people all around us that are doing stuff and we don't even know. And so, and, and also too, it's not just in the moment, but I think we all work really hard and are good at our jobs. So we deserve to be remembered 12 years later. And I think it's interesting that Mark didn't remember anything work related that I did. I was one of the first promoted in my class. I was personally hand selected to be on the largest financial services client that PwC had. Like I wasn't sucking and he didn't know any of that or remember it. And, you know, and so I think, I think it's something where it just provides some dimension to the people around us. It provides some color, brings some emotion into work. And then when it hits the bottom line, is just attracting talent. It's retaining yeah. talent. It's the same with clients. It's engagements higher. I mean, just, you know, the day that the Slack names are cats, that's interesting. All of a sudden your brain's like tingling in a different way than it does on a regular day when it's just Scott and everyone else's names,
0: you know? I I totally agree. And you're right. Your point about like 92% of us are doing something interesting and fun, but no one's 100% of us are not talking about it. It's totally right. I mean, I've had a lot of jobs and I've been fortunate. I've worked in some really great places where we did talk about what what drove us. And one of my prior coworkers was super supportive um, of my nonprofit, Ben's Friends, that I started a long time ago. But like, I bet you... I, sh- I need to share that with the, with the cruise team because I bet you most people at cruise don't even know that that was, a pa- is and was yeah. a passion project of mine. And and that's reflective of me not knowing a lot of passion projects of, of, of what our team is working on. So that's, it's really great. I think it's just great life advice, whether yeah. it's at work or just in your friend, you know, people, you know, yeah. or even people you interact with, like a Starbucks or the ice cream shop or that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, people's stories are, are really fascinating. And and it just gives you some dimension and, and, and color to people that, that it's like, wow, I didn't know or what's important, you know, to them. And, you know, they, we're all working so we can live. I mean, this whole concept of be happy you have a job and just work more. And, and it's, it's a lot of the people that I interviewed and researching for the book and, you know, on the podcast, you know, people are, they're reluctant to call themselves a painter or a runner or a something. And so the phrase is really, I enjoy I enjoy running. Am I good at it? Who cares? Like I didn't I didn't ask you for permission. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I'm I don't care. Are my painting is ugly? Probably. It's a hobby. That's why it's an and it's not an or. You know, you're yeah. you're not a lawyer or a cyclist. You're a lawyer and a cyclist. Yeah. You know, and, and one pays the bills and the other one takes the money that you've earned as a lawyer and buys expensive bikes, you know, <laughs> like, you know, and it, it's, it, it doesn't have to be something where you, you make a living at it. It's, yeah.
0: it's a, it's a dimension to who you are as a person. I totally, I love it. I respect that. You ran to Mark 12 years later. How did you start? Was that like what your topic was already about at the, at the uh, AICPA talk or were you kind of evolving? Like how did, how did your kind of your presentations, your consulting work? Sure. opportunities evolve as you started thinking this way? Yeah.
1: So, you know, a lot of that was, uh, entertainment. Um, it was a little bit of this concept, but it was like as the seedling of what it is now, because, uh, you know, I was, I was a comedian. I was a professional comedian for years. I mean like 10 plus years, uh, you know, I did New York. I was all over, like did a lot of cool stuff. And the weird thing is, is when you're in that world, they don't make you feel like you, you have a differentiator because the show is going to happen either way. So is John Garrett going to do it or is Scott going to do it? You know, like, and is one funnier than the other? They don't care. We just need you to talk into a microphone and then there you go. Like, you know, certainly once you get to theaters and things like that, but at a comedy club, most of the time people go to a comedy club and they don't even know who the comedian's going to be. And even then they know who the headliner is, but they don't know who the opening acts are going to be. Yep. So you're just there to enjoy the show. And yep. so the club doesn't care, you know. And and so coming out of that world, like it was hard for me to have a sense of value or yeah, just I guess that's the easiest way to put it. And so so I was kind of teasing the idea of, you know, you need to stand out, but it was more as an individual. And then over the years from interviewing so many people, from speaking at so many conferences, so many executive retreats, all that stuff, that's where all of that came together into the book of just, it's so much bigger than that. Uh, you know, I started out in the accounting lane because those were my people, but wow, it's lawyers and bankers and insurance. It's white collar nerds of all kinds like need this. And it it even now that the book's out, there's people that uh, are parents that have kids that just went away to college. And they're like, this book touched me so much. And I was just like, I didn't even think of that. And then, you know, just how much it impacts culture and then retaining talent and then engagement. And uh, and then also the scariest one was a group I was consulting with. And one of the executives pulled me aside and they're like, I'm going to retire in three years and I don't know what I'm going
0: to go do. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't you're that either. Yeah. your are early and 60s and executives are going to retire. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Probably, especially like a lot of the big company executives, they've been doing it for right. 30, 35 years and don't have a lot of, not they're pro- they may not have an and at that point. You right. Know? Cause, Before. cause what, what happens is, yeah. is you put it on the back burner and you're like, oh, I'll get around to it. And then
1: it goes dormant, but then it quickly goes extinct. And, you know, I've had, I've had people come up to me after speaking at conferences, but, you know, like I used to be, I I used to be a runner and I can't remember the last time I went on a run. And it's like, wow, all you got to do is put shoes on and go around the block. That counts, you know, like, and it doesn't have to be something you do every day or even every week, you know, twice a year, you set time aside to go run, you know, or something because that's, I, I had somebody I interviewed, Mark Winburn, who's a really amazing singer, and he also does IT audits uh, for a living. He, he's a, such a great singer, and so he uh, he referred to it as breathing and happy, which is ah, like really powerful. I mean, yeah. like breathing. And I was like, "Well, what about IT audits?" And he's like, "Yeah, not so much. Not as much. You know, <laughs> like I mean, he's good at it, and he enjoys it. Yeah, it, it's just there's other parts to who we are. Yeah, and it's important."
0: Hey, it's Scott Orner, Cruise Consulting. And before we get back to the podcast, quick shout out to ChartHop. ChartHop is one of my favorite new SaaS tools on the market. And basically what ChartHop does is it puts your org chart in the cloud. And I always like to say, like, it brings transparency to your organization. And so, you know, everyone in your organization can see who they report to. They can see the full org chart of the company and how their group relates to, to other groups. It also has a lot of information on the individuals in the company. And so you can click on the Chartop profile and just get like where people live, their experience, you know, Slack handles, all this kind of stuff. And it's just a really great tool. The other thing is Chartop has started doing some cool stuff around compensation and budgeting planning. And so you can actually start seeing like what the cost structure of the company look like during certain kind of scenarios. So I'm loving Chartop. Check it out, chartop.com. We use it at Cruise. Really like it. And I can't recommend it enough. All right, back to the podcast. How do you... So to me, it seems like a lot about just giving yourself permission to do that. And, and it's, like you said, it's easy just to say, go do it. But like, are there is there a method or maybe this is something you cover in the book of like how people can can kind of relax and just give themselves permission to do that thing they really enjoy? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's because there's a lot of guilt
1: Of I had, I had free time and I didn't use it to work. And you know, like the work's always going to be there. If you, if you worked 24 hours a day, seven days a week, there's still more work to do. Like it doesn't stop, you know? And, and what's important is, is get your work done and be good at your job. I'm not saying that I'm saying like, I'm assuming that everyone's good at their job because we are, we're getting paid. We're working there. Like you're good at it. Are some people better? Yeah, but not that much of a difference. You know, like it's, you know, there's the 0.1% savants that invented something or they're like uber crazy good at it. But everybody else, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. Like we're all just good at our jobs. And welcome to the table because so is everybody else. And like somebody for me, like you go to Notre Dame, you bust your butt there for four years. Then you get out, you go to a job with big four, and then you pass the CPA exam and you must be, I'm on top of the world. No, you're at the table with everybody else. So it's like, you know, when it comes to staffing a project, are they going to pick me or are they going to pick anyone else who's also a first year? It doesn't matter, you know, but it does because- what I bring to the table is more like that expertise isn't just yeah. my college degree and certifications. There's more to who you are and uh, you just have to set time aside and be intentional with it. You really do. And then you just have to get out of your own way and be like, you know what, I'm doing this for me. And like there was a study done at Duke that showed that people that have more dimensions to their life are less prone to anxiety and depression. Mm. And in Northwestern, they did a study where people that, Blend their work life with their home life are less likely to make bad moral decisions. Oh, interesting at work! Because you know, if you're at work and you're like, Well, I made a shady decision, but it doesn't make me a bad parent, it's like, Well, yeah, it does, weirdo. Um, you know, so, so, but if you blend these lives, then you're less yeah. prone
0: to do something like that. That's so, super interesting. I never thought about that like having that yeah. some loyalty, not even loyalty to the company, but maybe loyalty to the other folks. That you yeah. work with like those personal interactions and just valuing that can help you yeah. be a bit better decision maker. I think that's that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, it is. So in the end, it makes you a better professional.
0: Yeah. Is, is there any, any like in in all because you've traveled so much, you've done a lot of speaking. Are are there any like just incredible stories where you're like someone comes up to you and is like, hey, I heard you a couple of years ago, and I actually implemented what you're talking about, and and have like a life changing epiphany. There have been, which is like really cool, and that's when it's it's like, Oh wow. I need to watch
1: what I say. Cause like this is impacting people's lives, you know, and, and their work and, and where they are, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of the best one or whatever, but, um, it is cool. Like, like there's a firm in Canada, an accounting consulting firm in Canada who, uh, the executive partner saw me at a partner association partner conference thing. And then, uh, went back and just, shared the ideas with people and then uh they actually had on their front desk because a part of it was talking about be a green apple in a boring red apple world and uh, cuz yeah. they're all apples but you know the green one stands out but on their reception desk they actually put a bowl of fake apples with a green apple on the like so when you walk into their office um and it's a green he, apple kind of thing yeah, yeah and so then people it's a conversation starter people are like what's yeah. what's with the apples and they're like well Let's tell I'll tell you the concept and here you go. And, and so, uh, so it's just kind of, that's when it's like, wow, all right, that's cool. Or another place, like, you know, they, they actually open it up to ask their people, like, you know, what are some ideas to, you know, just create more engaging culture or whatever. And like one day a month, I guess they have like, bring your dog to work day. If your dog's not a jerk and then, uh, (laughs) you know, which is kind of important caveat to that, but he's like, we never would have thought of that if you didn't you know, bring up that, you know, maybe there's people there that are crazy about dogs, you know, like why not? Or cats or whatever, you know? And like, and it's, I, and that's the thing is like, we, we, we think professionalism is this very tiny box and I prefer to define unprofessional
0: and then everything else is fine. Yeah, you know, like great and, way of saying that I like that a lot. Cause Yeah. It's just changing when someone like you do a lot of consulting. So what's like a typical engagement for you? Like a a company wants to, A, give back to their team, help them create that. And how do you, how do you work with someone who hires you to do a consulting project?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just helping them build that culture around people's personalities and outside of work interests and shining a light on that. What are things that you're going to actually do? Cause you know, I can come in with, well, here's five things that worked at another company and they're like, well, none of those work here. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and that, that when I worked corporate, that's the thing that I think I can bring to a lot of this is I was in the audience for these yeah. speakers. Yeah. I was in the room when the consultant would come in and I'd be like, this is Harvard case study bubble world. Like this isn't real. Like that, yeah. that doesn't apply here. So when I go in, typically it's talking to the executive group to figure out, okay, let's what's the sandbox that we can play in? You know, we're never going to work remotely or, or we're never going to have casual Fridays or we're never going to, okay, cool. I'm not going to argue any of this. I just need yeah. to know what's off the table. And then it's dropping the philosophy on everybody, just, you know, from the the keynote kind of thing. And then it's, okay, let's workshop what are two or three things you guys are going to do and implement in the next, let's say three months, four months. So then we make a list of a bunch yeah. and then what are two or three you're going to really, it's, it's like when people tell me that I should go to the gym and I'm like, okay, that's simple, but not easy.
0: Yeah. Uh, and because I don't have, go. That's I love how you're like writing it down, having people commit to that so they yeah. can change their habits. Cause I think before we turned the mics on that, we were talking of like, it's easy to say that, do this, do that. But like, you got to kind of have like, people need a plan. And I think that's another, not just, you wrote just a great book and and have all these great words of wisdom, but like you actually have a plan for people to follow, to get what, to where you're talking about.
1: Oh, well, thanks God. I appreciate that. Yeah. Cause I mean, I was them, you know, yeah. like, and it's, it's just, you know, how do we, how do we implement this? How do we make it part of a routine? How do we make it part of, to where it becomes tradition, you know, like, you know, somebody starts at a company, And uh, a year later and well, this is what we do. Well, when did it start? I don't know. It's tradition. You know, it's like, it's awesome. You know, that's when it's cool is you get people sharing, you get people more connected, you get people caring about each other,
0: having a genuine interest in those around them and just good things happen. Yeah, I love it. So now what's your and is like your core business, like who you are. Yeah. What's your and besides the and part of this like my and now okay here, but basically like what's your the thing that you care about on the outside yeah well college football has
1: always been an and oh. um and uh ice cream um oh, I'm a I'm a bit of a like it's amazing I still have teeth like I eat like way too much ice
0: cream like There's I should. Have all the diabetes and none of the teeth,
1: like it's amazing. Like that, I have
0: that. And as I'm interviewing John, I can see in his background, he's got a big, huge, shiny Notre Dame polished up so it's glowing. (laughs) It just glows naturally, Scott. They're just, it's like they have batteries in them, they just, (laughs) 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 yeah, yeah. But college football, but especially Notre Dame for sure, that's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Well, John, I, I highly recommend the audience check out your book. Can you tell everyone where to find it, what to look for, yeah. how to read to you? If I make interested it s- in the book or just a speaking engagement or anything. Yeah. Like no, thanks, man. I, it, I
1: make it super easy. Just whatsyourand.com, W H uh, A T S, yourand.com. And everything's there the book, the the podcast. It's also on bardsandnoble.com, bookshop. You can get the ebook version, uh, audible version will be out early part of 2021. And so, uh, yeah, I just appreciate it. And it's a, from what I've heard from people, it's a, it's an easy read. It's very conversational. I wrote it that way on purpose because I don't want to write a huge clunky book. You don't want to read a huge clunky book. So you're welcome everybody, but it's more important. (laughs) Like it just means, it just means a lot that people that are admit that they're not a reader and they
0: enjoyed, you know, getting through it and were locked in the whole time, which is, it's huge. And I'm sure you're getting a bunch of emails and, you know, thank yous and maybe tweets or whatever, just saying like how it's really helped people, but it's really great. I really, I really just connected with what you're doing. And like we're in the accounting industry, you started in the accounting industry. A lot of your public speaking is the accountant firms, right? So thank you so much for coming on. Like, and I know that the team at cruise, uh, I'll I'll spread the word on your book amongst ourselves internally and externally, obviously via the podcast. But just thanks for what you're doing, and thanks for reminding us that it is really important to have that thing you're living for. You know. Yeah. Well, you're yeah. welcome, man. This has been
1: awesome and so much fun to be on. So thanks, Scott. Cool. All right, buddy. Thank you.
0: Appreciate it. So when your troubles are mountain in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise, cruise from Founders and Friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and friends with your host Scotty